Chapter Eighteen of the Expedition of the Donner Party and Its Tragic Fate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Expedition of the Donner Party and Its Tragic Fate by Eliza P. Donner Houghton. Chapter Eighteen Grandma. HAPPY VISITS, A NEW HOME, AND PERSUADED TO LEAVE IT. WE WERE STILL WITHOUT ELITHA, WHEN UP THE ROAD AND TOWARD THE FORT CAME A STOUT LITTLE OLD WOMAN IN BROWN. ON ONE ARM SHE CARRIED A BASKET, AND FROM THE HAND OF THE OTHER HUNG A SMALL COVERED TIN PAIL. HER APRON WAS ALMOST AS LONG AS HER DRESS SKIRT, WHICH REACHED BELOW HER ANKLES yet was short enough to show brown stockings above her low shoes. Two ends of the bright kerchief which covered her neck and crossed her bosom were pinned on opposite sides at the waistline. A brown quilted hood of the same shade and material as her dress and apron concealed all but the white lace frill of a grandma cap, which fastened under her chin with a bow. Her dark hair drawn down plain to each temple was coiled there into tiny wheels, and a brass pin stuck through crosswise to hold each coil in place. Her bright, speaking eyes, more brown than grey, gave charm to a face which might have been pretty, had disease not marred it in youth. As she drew near, her wonderful eyes looked into our faces and won from our lips a timid, "'Good morning, Grandma.' That title, which we had been taught to use when speaking to the aged, was new and sweet to her, who had never been blessed with child. She set the basket on the ground, put the pail beside it, and caressed us in a cheery way, then let us peep in and see what she had brought especially for us. How did it happen? This is something we were to learn later. Such luxuries, eggs, bread, butter, cheese, and milk, in the dear little tin pail. Seeing how thin and hungry we looked, she gave each a piece of buttered bread before going with us to our neighbor's house, where she left the food, with instructions, in broken English, that it was for us three little girls who had called her grandma, and that we must not be given too much at a time. When next grandma came, she took puny Georgia home with her, and left me hugging the promise that I also should have a visit if I would wait my turn patiently. Who can picture my delight when Georgia got back and told me of all she had seen? Cows, horses, pigs, and chickens, but most thrilling of all was about the cross old sheep, which would not let her pass if she did not carry a big stick in sight. Still, I should not have been so eager to go, nor so gleeful on the way, had I known that the good-bye kiss I gave my sister Frances at parting that day would be the last kiss in five long years. Grandma was as happy as I. She could understand English better than she could speak it, and in answering my questions explained largely by signs. Courage, her grey poodle, left deep footprints in the dust as he trotted ahead over the well-known road and I felt an increasing affection for him upon learning that he too had crossed the plains in an immigrant wagon, and had reached the fort at about the same time I had reached the snow. He was so small that I imagined he must have been a wee baby dog when he started, and that he was not yet half grown. 
my surprise and admiration quickened beyond expression when grandma assured me that he could do many tricks understood french and german and was learning english then she laughed and explained that he was thus accomplished because she and christian brunner her husband and jacob her brother-in-law had come from a place far away across lands and big waters where most of the people spoke both french and german and that they had always talked to courage in one or the other of these languages as soon as we got into the house she opened the back door and called jacob then turning she took a small cup of rennet clabber from the shelf poured a little cream over it put a spoon in it and set it on the table before me while i was eating a pleasant elderly man came in and by nods motions and words partly english and partly something else convinced me that he liked little girls and was glad to see me then of a sudden he clasped his hands about my waist and tossed me in the air as father did before his hand was hurt and when he wanted to startle me and then hear me laugh this act which brought back loving memories made jacob seem nearer to me nearer still when he told me i must not call him anything but jakey everything about the house was as georgia had described even the big stick she had used to keep the old sheep from butting her over was behind the door where she had left it when christian brunner got home from the fort grandma had supper nearly ready and he and i were friends the instant we looked into each other's face for he was the grandpa who had given us the liver the evening we did not find our sisters he had gone home that night and said mary at the fort are three hungry little orphan girls take them something as soon as you can one child is fair two are dark you will know them by the way they speak to you grandpa had now hastened home to hold me on his lap and to hear me say that i was glad to be at his house and intended to help grandma all i could for being so good as to bring me there after i told how we had cooked the liver and how good it tasted he wiped his eyes and said mine child when you little ones thanked me for that liver it made me not so much your friend as when you called me grandpa as time went on grandma declared that i helped her a great deal because i kept her chip box full shooed the hens out of the house and drove the little chicks to bed nights i don't recollect that i was ever tired or sleepy yet i know that the night must have sped between the time of my last nod at the funny shadow picture of a rabbit which jakey made hop across the wall behind the lighted candle and courage's barking near my pillow which grandma said meant good morning little girl it was after one of these reminders of a new day that i saw leanna i don't know when or how she came but i missed francis and georgia the more because i wanted them to share our comforts nevertheless a strange feeling of uneasiness crept over me as i noticed later that grandpa lingered and that the three spoke long in their own tongue and glanced often toward me finally grandpa and jakey went off in the wagon and grandma also disappeared but soon returned dressed for a trip to the fort and explained that she had heard that georgia was sick and she would take me back and bring her in my place I had known from the beginning that I was to stay only a little while, yet I was woefully disturbed at having my enjoyment so abruptly terminated. My first impulse was to cry, but somehow 
the influence of her who under the soughing pines of the Sierras had told me that friends do not come quickly to a crybaby child, gave me courage, and I looked up into the dear old face before me, and with the earnestness of an anxious child asked, "'Grandma, why can't you keep two of us?' She looked at me, hesitated, then replied, "'I will see.' She kissed away my fears and rode off on old Lisa. I did not know that she would ride farther than the fort, and imagined that she had gone on horseback so that she might the easier bring back my little sister. Liana washed the dishes and did the other work before she joined me in watching for Grandma's return. At last she came in sight, and I ran up the road, craning my neck to see if Georgia were really behind on old Lisa's back. And when I saw her pinched face aglow with smiles that were all for me, I had but one wish, and that was to get my arms around her. One chair was large enough to hold us both when we got into the house, and the big clock on the wall, with long weights reaching almost to the floor, and red roses painted around its white face, did not tick long before we were deaf to its sound, telling each other about the doings of the day. She knew more than I, who listened intently as she excitedly went on. "'Me and Francis started to find you this morning, "'but we wasn't far when we met Jacob in the wagon, "'and he stopped and asked us where we was going. "'We told him. "'Then he told us to get in by him. "'But he didn't come this way, "'just drove down to the river, "'and some men lifted us out and set us in a boat "'and commenced to paddle across the water. "'I knew that wasn't the way, "'and I cried and cried as loud as I could cry,' and told them I wanted to go to my little sister Eliza, and that I'd tip the boat over if they did not take me back. And one man said, It's too bad. It ain't right to part the two littlest ones. And they told me if I'd sit still and stop crying, they would bring me back with them by and by, and that I should come to you. And I minded. Then they take us to that house where we sleeped under the carpet the night we didn't get to the fort. Don't you remember? Well, lots of people was there and talked about us and about father and mother and waited for Grandma to come. Pretty soon Grandma come and everybody talked and talked. And Grandma told them she was sorry for us and would take you and me if she could keep Leanna to help her do the work. When I was coming away with Grandma, Frances cried like everything. She said she wanted to see you and told the people Mother said we should always stay together but they wouldn't let her come. They've given her to somebody else, and now she is their little girl. We both felt sorry for Frances, and wished we could know where she was and what she was doing. While we were talking, Grandma kept busily at work, and sometimes she wiped her face with the corner of her apron, yet we did not think of her as listening, nor of watching us, nor would we ever have known it had we not learned it later from her own lips, as she told others the circumstances which had brought us into her life. Some days later, Georgia and I were playing in the back yard when Leanna appeared at the door and called out in quick, jubilant tones, "'Children, run around to the front door and see who has come!' True enough, hitched to a stake near the front door was a bay horse with white spots on his body and a white stripe down his face, and tied to the pommel of his saddle was another horse with a side saddle on its back. It did not take us long to get into the house where we found Elitha and our new brother, 
who had come to arrange about taking us away with them. While Elitha was talking to Grandma and Leanna, Georgia stood listening, but I sat on my new brother's knee and heard all about his beautiful spotted horse and a colt of the same colors. Elitha could not persuade Leanna or Georgia to go with her, nor was I inclined to do so when she and Grandma first urged me. But I began to yield as the former told me she was lonesome, wanted at least one little sister to live with her, and that if I would be that one, I should have a new dress and a doll with a face. Then my new brother settled the matter by saying, Listen to me. If you'll go, you shall have the pinto colt that I told you about, a little side saddle of your own, and whenever you feel like it, you can get on it and ride down to see all the folks. The prospects were so alluring that I went at once with Leanna, who was to get me ready for the journey. Leanna did not share my enthusiasm. She said I was a foolish little thing, and declared I would get lonesome on such a big place so far away, that the colt would kick me if I tried to go near it, and that no one ever made saddles for colts. She was not so gentle as usual when she combed my hair and gave my face a right hard scrubbing with a cloth and whey, which Grandma bade her use, because it makes the skin so nice and soft. Notwithstanding these discouragements, I took my clothes, which were tied up in a colored handkerchief, kissed them all good-bye, and rode away sitting behind my new brother on the spotted horse, really believing that I should be back in a few days on a visit. End of chapter 18